Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 367 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the big three of success routines. If you're a tennis player and you have a busy life outside of tennis, which is probably most of you, I'm guessing tennis isn't the main you know, part of your life. You probably have a job or a career. You probably have a family. And so you've got to juggle all those different responsibilities. And that's a position I find myself in right now. If you listen to the, the quick update, the kind of non-episode that came out right before this called Where I've Been, then you've kind of heard a little bit of context about what I've been up to over the last six or eight months. And basically, I have added to my daily requirements or asks of myself, in addition to business owner and content creator and coach and father and husband, I've also now, in the last six or eight months, started to train myself as a tennis player again. And it's been a huge challenge for me in trying to juggle my energy, my output, uh, like emotionally and, and physically and mentally, just having enough for everything has been tough. And this was really kind of shown to me in a in a new or different kind of light. When I went on vacation with my wife a couple weeks ago, just the two of us went down to Florida for a whole week, which we've never done actually in our entire relationship, much less since we had kids. Our, our kids are 11 years old and seven years old. So we felt like it was time for us to just take some time together for a while. I'm really happy that we did that. And while we were there, on the surface, it'd be easy for me to assume that, okay, a week in Florida, it's gonna be, we're going to be outside, there's no kids, I'm taking off from work, so this is going to be a, a fantastic time to do a lot of stretching and doing maybe do some, some workouts, maybe bring my racket, which I ended up not doing. I decided to just leave kind of tennis out of it, but we, we rented a house, we had our own you know, space, plenty of room to, to do workouts or stretching and whatever. But I didn't do anything. <laughs> I did I did stretching. I, I did yoga several times. And I actually did one kind of plyometric, uh, high-intensity interval training kind of workout while we were there. But very little. And I realized that it was because I had completely been taken away from my normal routine that I've been very, very deliberate and purposeful about creating around my day-to-day life here in Milwaukee, where we live. So I thought it would be a good topic to give you a little bit of an inside look at what my routines are right now as I'm trying to juggle work and family life and trying to train myself as a tennis player. And if you haven't seen any of the, the content, if if for the few of you who maybe are only podcast listeners, if you're interested, if you go to our YouTube channel, the Essential Tennis YouTube channel, and scroll back over the last six months or so, you'll see all kinds of episodes of me training with a coach. I, I've hired a coach to train me on the court. He's a, a high-performance coach. He works with uh, an ATP player. He really knows what he's doing in terms of developing high-level performance in tennis players. I've started training with 
other area players, four or five and five O tennis players doing singles drills and doubles drills. I'm hitting with the ball machine a lot. And starting next week, I'm going to get back into match play after having a really bad, for me, a bad injury about four months ago, just getting back into match play again. So there's no way to do all those things well at 40 years old. I'm almost 40. And certainly as you get into you know, 50s and 60s, if you're not very deliberate about how you take care of your body and your mind, then it's just not going to happen. You just won't have the output that you should or that you want to. So the big three we're going to talk about are sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And I'm just going to give you some thoughts and some suggestions that have worked well for me. They might not work well for you, but I, this is what I know. This is what, this is what has worked well for me. And, and so hopefully it gives you some ideas and some inspiration on things that you can do. So we're going to go in that order. Let's start with sleep. And I just have a, just a couple kind of key factors that have really moved the needle for me. First of all, on the sleep side of things, I found that I have to earn good sleep. And I'm the type of person who's, I have a hard time falling asleep at night. Maybe you can relate. I have kind of a very active mind. I have a hard time shutting it off at night. And so things like, um, you know, not working at night, super key for me. If I'm thinking about something work-related before I lay down to go to sleep, I'm just not going to sleep. Like my, my mind just keeps trying to process whatever the problem is that I was thinking about before I laid down. So I, that's, that's actually not on my, my list here, but that's, I guess, number one is I do not give myself problems to solve or, work-related things to to try to plan, or I, I don't try to fix anything, I would say within two hours of when I would like to fall asleep. If I give my brain something to work on, then it just keeps trying to work, and, and my sleep is terrible then. So that's number one. Uh, but then number two, physically, I found that if I don't stick to some kind of exercise or training schedule, if my body isn't physically tired at the end of the day, if I haven't done enough to get to the point where I, my body wants sleep, then I just don't sleep well. So I work hard to do something for myself physically every day. And it might just be stretching. If it's a rest day, like t- like today is for me, I'm going to maybe hit with the ball machine a little bit and uh, try to get in a good yoga session today. And so, but that's just part of the the rhythm that I'm in right now. Today, like I need a reset day. I need a rest day. But broadly speaking, generally speaking, I have to work hard before my body wants to sleep. So consider that. If you're not doing something on a regular basis to really push your body and stress your body to get it to where it wants to shut down, not not shut down like in a, you know, like quit, uh, but shut down meaning like it wants to turn off and rest, like it wants to repair. I've found that if I don't do that routinely during the week, then I just don't sleep well. I have excess energy. So that's been really big for me. Something else in terms of sleep that's been helpful for me is, and you know, I was definitely kind of a skeptic on this at first. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, blue light blocking glasses at night 
has been helpful for me. I've, I've noticed a, a noticeable difference in how sleepy or tired I get, how quickly my brain is able to turn off at night. And so um, I have glasses that are uh, just have a yellow uh, tint to them. They don't allow blue wavelengths to go through, uh, or at least minimize blue, the color blue to the eyes. And you can do research on this. I've, I've read a decent amount of blog posts and uh, talked to people about it. Basically, our, our bodies are, are set by a certain rhythm with the sun, and blue light uh, kind of keeps our brain active and moving and thinking that it's still you know time to do things. It's still daytime. And so if we don't limit uh, blue light after the sun goes down, our bodies have a harder time winding, winding down and getting ready for, for rest and recovery. So uh, a way that people kind of combat that is to wear blue light blocking glasses after the sun goes down. I've been doing that for a while now, and it it helps. And I've also minimized how much screen time I have right before bedtime. And that includes trying not to sit and watch the TV. Like rather than watch TV, I'll I'll maybe watch my something on my phone, like a YouTube video or a or a Netflix video, with brightness you know turned down quite a bit. So that's been a big difference maker for me too, as far as getting better quality of sleep. And then the last thing related to sleep that's been really helpful is just being on a very strict schedule. I know that sounds super boring, but my entire life up until a couple years ago, I was the the opposite of a morning person. I hated getting up in the morning. And I'm finally, to be honest, after years of effort and really being intentional about trying to set a schedule, I'm finally to the point now where I I kind of natu- I naturally wake up in the morning, like around six in the morning, I'm, my brain is going to kind of nudge me and be like, hey, don't you want to be getting up right now? Uh, like this morning, like I, I was able to sleep longer than that. It's not like I can't fall back asleep. But my body now kind of has a preference for getting up early. And the more you get up early, the easier it is to fall asleep earlier. And so my schedule for a couple years now has been trying to get to sleep by 9.15, 9.30, like actually, you know, actually lights out and, and, and in bed and falling asleep by 9.15, 9.30. And then I, I get up, I try to get up before 6 o'clock, 5.30, 5.45, uh, somewhere in there. And so I'm not, um, you know, I'm not totally dogmatic about it. There's some nights I'll stay up longer. There's some mornings I'll sleep longer, but usually that's the schedule I'm trying to stick to. And that once I get, once I've gotten on that schedule, it's much easier to maintain, but it took a lot of work and effort at first. You might feel that way as well, but for me, it's totally worth it to get on that schedule and get on that routine. So that's the sleep side of things. Sleep is critically important. Resting your body is critically important if you want to play well and you want to have good energy on the courts and you want to heal and, and be able to bounce back. Uh, sleep is super critical. So that's why I put it first. All right, next up, exercise. I mentioned exercise, how it's related to sleep and how the two kind of go hand in hand. I would recommend start, start off just doing whatever is easiest. Do not be preoccupied. Like for a while, I had a gym membership uh, to a gym that's like a quarter mile, a half a mile from my house. But just 
even that <laughs> really basic amount of energy that it takes to get out of bed and get in the car and drive someplace early in the morning, when I removed that barrier and I started focusing on just doing body weight exercises at home, and there was just that one other thing that I didn't have to do, I found I found that I just was much more likely to actually exercise and work out. And so here during quarantine and after I hurt my foot slash ankle really badly about four months ago, I bought a bike and just, you know, nothing special or fancy. It's not a, not a Peloton. It's just like a entry level, like Schwinn stationary exercise bike. That was huge for me to be able to walk downstairs and just get on the bike and just start moving my feet in circles. So nothing super strenuous at first and just having something to get the heart rate up and to break a little bit of a sweat. Other things that have been really helpful for me is just doing body weights, movements, a a program I was on for a while. I'm not doing it right now, but it's because I've replaced it with more plyo, uh, plyometric exercises, kind of hopping, jumping, high intensity, like intervals. Um, But for a while I was doing five minutes, like this is as simple as possible. I would set a timer for five minutes and do five minutes of push-ups. Then I would reset the timer and do five minutes of air squats. And then I would reset the timer and do five minutes of pull-ups. I have a pull-up bar in my, in my basement. And then sometimes, if I really felt motivated, I would do five minutes of planks and or supermans, uh, core, you know, core. So I was doing legs, I was doing uh, a pushing motion, I was doing a pulling motion, and I was doing core work, 20 minutes or 15 Most mornings for me, it was 15 minutes. It's like, you can do push-ups, you can do squats, you can do planks. And so five minutes, you just do five minutes of each of those. And I found that when I gave myself something just dead simple like that, that I had absolutely no excuse that like, there's beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I can do that. I'm capable. I can, I can make 15 minutes to be able to feel better and to have more energy and to have a more productive day. And so do what's easy for you and do what feels good to you. You know, for you, maybe those things sound terrible and a bike sounds great. Just find that time. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be going to the gym for an hour and a half or two hours. It doesn't have to be following a super crazy, intense, you know, insanity workout or whatever the, the new hot, hot, you know, thing is in, in fitness or, or workout. Maybe for you, it's stretching or body weight or plyometric or, or bike, etc. cetera. Uh, plyometric, by the way, fantastic for, for tennis conditioning and explosiveness. If you're not sure what that is exactly, just go to YouTube and type in home plyo or plyometric workouts. And you'll find thousands, <laughs> probably literally thousands of workouts that you could follow. Fantastic for, for tennis type response on the courts. And so recently what I've been doing is a combination of, of bike and plyo. And then I'll kind of throw in some push-ups just, just because just for, for mirror muscles. 
that's a, that's a phrase I heard a while ago that I like a lot. Mirror muscles. Uh, that's what mo- <laughs> when people go to the gym, a lot of times that's kind of what they're concerned about, but I'm more so because I'm trying to get back as a player focused on actual tennis react or response and capacity. So for me, a combination of, uh, high intensity intervals on my, uh, stationary bike and then 10 minutes or 15 minutes of plyo, um, kind of stations or intervals, uh, just doing really simple kind of in and out split steps and hopping back and forth across a line on the, on the floor and doing, uh, jumps up on top of like a 18 inch or 24 inch, like Ottoman and stepping down, you know, and just doing like as many of each of those do as many hops back and forth across the line as possible until like, I just can't anymore. Then walk over to the ottoman by the couch and do as many jumps or hops up on top of the ottoman as possible um and then maybe i'll throw in a set of push-ups as many push-ups as i can do and then go to in and out like split steps you know uh hopping wide and then hopping narrow do as many of those as i can and just just repeat that for 10 minutes like that those types of really simple anybody listening to this can do that unless unless you're injured and you have some kind of physical limitation obviously other than that you can you you can do this you can do that for 10 minutes and it makes a huge difference not only in your tennis and your ability to perform well on the court but it gets you tired and so if if you drag yourself out of bed early enough to do 15 minutes of this then the chances of you actually falling asleep at a time you want to fall asleep are dramatically better. And then it's just a matter of keeping the cycle going. And so if the next morning you force yourself, but a little bit less effort to get out of bed because you actually went to bed early the night before, then do another 10 minutes, 15 minutes, get yourself tired again. And so that your body at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever your target is actually wants to go to sleep again. And I know that sounds simple, but also trust me, I know it's, it's harder than it sounds. It takes at first willpower and, and commitment, maybe even some kind of like accountability partner to, to make it happen. But once you get to a certain point, you have a certain amount of momentum, then it just becomes routine and it's not hard anymore. And I'm really grateful to be in that position now. I would say over the last, um, um, probably the last year or so I've been in that position where I more or less, like I have momentum in that area of my life and I can just kind of keep going, but it takes time to get to that point. And it's that those first couple weeks, that first month or two, that's, that's the hardest by far. All right. So that's on the exercise side of things on, on nutrition. I'm not going to go into any specifics. Listen, nutrition, <laughs> nutrition is one of those topics. It's like, it's like sports, it's like religion. It's like politics. It's like, it's super polarizing. It's very, it's very subjective. And so I'm not going to go into any like actual dietary type stuff instead. Uh, because here's the deal. Some people feel fantastic vegetarian. Some people feel fantastic on the opposite end of the spectrum doing carnivore diet, which is by the way, what it sounds like, literally you just eat meat and that's it. <laughs> So, I mean, there's different different bodies, different physiologies. I don't know if that's a word. People with different physiologies, yeah, I think that's right, have different needs and are going to feel different. People with different cultural backgrounds and ethnicities are going to feel different with different types of nutrition. So, I'm not, not going to go into the dietary stuff, 
But a couple of things that I've noticed uh, aside from that that have helped me a lot, which by the way, I am pretty, I'm very mindful about what I eat. But aside from that, alcohol has been a big one for me. Uh, I noticed that when, I mean, if I go a week or two with, with no alcohol, which, which takes effort for me, and you know, I, I like having a, a drink with my wife or with, uh, with a friend or so, um, you know, it's not something, you know, thankfully that I, I, I don't have like a problem, you know, with it, but I do enjoy having a drink. I, I do enjoy drinking with my wife or with friends, but even if I just have one or two, I'm to the point now where I've, I've done long enough periods of time with no alcohol. And for me, I would say that's about like a week or two weeks where I notice a significant difference in clarity and sharpness and kind of acuity. And then when I have that, if I go like have a couple of drinks with a friend or with my wife, then the next day it's so apparent. Uh, it's so obvious, like the difference it, it makes uh, phys- physically and mentally for me. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be disciplined about it. Uh, but at the same time, you need to, enjoy life. So it's going to be different for different people, the balance, but I, alcohol has been a variable that I've noticed. If I can minimize it, then I perform better. I, I, I can think more clearly. My body appreciates it when I leave it out altogether. But I'm, I'm also, I'm a realist. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be, uh, if you're this person, that's great, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the person that's just like, no, like zero alcohol, like for the rest of my life. Um, there's no question in my mind, like I, there, I would benefit from it, but I also enjoy having a drink now and then. So that's the alcohol side of things. Caffeine has been kind of similar. Um, I've been on little caffeine for quite a while now. My body reacts to substances, you know, drugs, alcohol, caffeine, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, very, very quickly. I metabolize stuff very quickly. And so, uh, coffee, for example, Caffeine in general gets me very wired very quickly. I get jittery. So I love coffee, but I just don't drink it. Uh, maybe once or twice a month as kind of like a uh, kind of a treat for myself. I'll have a cortado or a, or a latte or maybe some black coffee with uh, desserts. Like if I'm, if I'm going out and I don't have anything to do the next day, I know I'm going to sleep in or whatever it is. But my routine is uh, I, I love tea. I've gotten on green tea. So I don't have any caffeine in the morning, but I'll make myself some tea and maybe have it late morning or mid-afternoon when I kind of want a little bit of a pick-me-up. And over time, my sensitivity to caffeine has gotten higher because I have just drank less and less of it. So that's been an important kind of habit for me. I'm on the tea train and and uh, I feel really good and I, I don't need I don't need anything in the morning to have really high levels of energy and, and focus, just water, and, and that's it. And then lastly, last thing here is uh, sugar. I felt, I felt a big difference with this as well, just minimizing it as much as possible so my, my blood sugar, my glucose doesn't get spiked and then have crashes. And this kind of goes hand in hand with carbs as well. I said I wouldn't get into nutrition, but I try to stay pretty low carb, uh, higher fat and protein. And so I feel like that's really helped me level out my energy output very much, uh, quite a lot, rather. And so that's helped me quite a bit. 
So between those three big ones, sleep, exercise, nutrition, those are things I'm thinking about and different routines and habits I've been trying to cultivate. I feel like I've got things really dialed in for myself most of the time now, but I'm always working on it, always trying to get a little bit better at each of those areas so I can keep doing more and still feel good and have time and energy for my family and still get everything done that I need to. So hopefully this has given you some ideas. Goal here is just to let you know it's working for me. So hopefully uh, some of these different different topics have maybe sparked uh, an idea or two for you so that you can feel your best, play your best tennis, and also balance tennis with the rest of your life and the the energy and the output needs that you need for everything else day to day. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful to you, and I'll catch you in the next episode. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.